Hey everybody, and welcome back to the West Side at Home podcast. This is Dave Steimers with you. Today, I wanna to continue talking about some reflections on the past year. Tuesday, I started talking about um, some of the things that I've learned over the last year and just encouraging you to do the same, maybe thinking through um, what are some of the good things, the not so good things, what are we learning? Maybe thinking through what our new normal should look like as we move into the future. So I've been reading this book about astrophysics. Yeah, astrophysics. Well, it's one of those books that it's supposed to take a really complicated, complex topic like astrophysics and dumb it down so that somebody like me can sort of understand these really crazy concepts. And to be honest, it's still kind of uh, beyond me. It blows my mind a little bit. But as I read some of this stuff, it's really, really amazing stuff. Super, super interesting. One of the things this book talks a lot about is dark matter. Now, if you're a sciencey person, I'm going to apologize for this episode of the podcast because uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. But I'm going to try and kind of regurgitate some of the things that I've learned really, really broadly. And stay with me because even if I'm a little off base, I'm going to make a theological point that will make sense. But dark matter <clears throat> is essentially this. Scientists, astrophysicists studying the universe, trying to figure out what's out there, have realized that obviously there are certain things that we can see and observe. The sun, stars, planets, all kinds of stuff up there. Matter, stuff. But then they've realized that there's all kinds of stuff, actually more stuff in the universe that we can't actually see, but there's evidence that it's there. So I can't get into all the evidence of, of proving this. You can look it up and read it, but part of it has to do with um, the things that we do see and the patterns of how they move or orbit and um, the gravitational pull that they are observing that indicates that there is other matter that is around some of these objects or certain distance from some of these other objects that we do see that we can't see. So, you know, things are, are operating in such a way that we would expect that there would be matter in a place where we don't see any matter. And again, this comes from their observations of gravitational pull and a whole bunch of other things in the way that other matter that we do see operates, which I fully don't understand. But to the level where they would say that there's like the amount of stuff that we can see, matter that we can see, accounts for like 5% of the actual matter in the universe. So the planets and the stars and all the stuff that we can observe amounts for like 5%. And then huge percentage of what makes up the universe is, is unseen. It's either dark energy or dark matter. And it's mysterious because they're saying, we see evidence that there is something here, but we don't know what is there. And it doesn't interact or it doesn't emit light. And so we can't see it. And so we can't observe it directly. We can only see some of the effects that it is there. And so this writer goes on to say that, um, you know, one day we're probably going to discover what this is. The problem is we don't know what we're looking for. Like we don't know what the stuff is that we're looking for. And so we don't know how we're supposed to observe it or find it or perceive it at all. But he's saying that, you know, hopefully one day we will figure out more than this. And we're going to look back to this time in astrophysics and in science and say, man, we were at a really rudimentary level because for all the amazing things that we've learned and we've learned, scientists have learned so many really, really cool things about the universe. We don't even know what makes up most of it. We're just still in the dark on it. All this dark energy and dark matter. Now that kind of blows my mind, right? We know that there's more to the universe than what we can see. 
And that made me think of our lives. And that made me think of just our experience in everyday life and how limited our perception is. That what we see is not all that there is. And this has been a year where there's been so much uncertainty and there's been probably times for you and certainly for me and for other people where we go, I don't know where things are going. I don't know how we're going to move forward. I don't know what's going to, how this is going to turn out. There've probably been challenges in your life, certainly throughout the world. There've been challenges where we've said, we don't know how to proceed through this. We don't know what's coming next. We don't know the meaning of this. We can't, we just, there's so much uncertainty and that can be very unsettling because of course we like certainty. We like to know what's happening in our lives. We like to know what we're supposed to do, how we're going to move forward but that is not what life is like. So it reminds me of a story you can find in 2 Kings chapter 6 about a prophet, Elisha, and his um, his his servant. So they're kind of out on the run and they're being pursued by an army. And in Second Kings chapter 6, verse 13, it says, and it was told him saying, behold, he is in Dothan. So this is um, those who are coming against Elisha. Therefore, uh, he sent horses and chariots and a great army. And they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man, this is the servant of Elisha, of God, risen early and gone forth, behold, an army was surrounding the city, both horses and chariots, and his servant said to him, said to Elisha, Alas, my master, how shall we do? Uh, how is this going to go? What should we do? He is surrounded. He is seeing the armies that are coming against him. He's seeing all of his problems, all of his challenges. He is seeing that they are boxed in and they are about to be done away. Charles Spurgeon, who's a famous preacher, comments on these two verses and listen to what he says. That is a question we have often asked, how shall we do? We shall do nothing at all. How shall we do? If that were the question, we might sit down in despair. The proper question is, how will God do? How will God deliver us? But it is only the man of faith who thinks about God at all. How many there are of you who are in trouble and you are wondering how you shall get out of it? Poor things. Poor things. Oh, if we had but faith to look to the omnipotent arm that is moving among us and to that great and wise heart that is thinking of us and then trust our case with him. Wow, what an amazing little commentary. Oh, if we could only see the omnipotent arm, the powerful arm of God moving around us, how great and wise his heart is and he's thinking of us and that we could trust whatever we're going through with him. In the next verse, it says, Elisha cried out to God, and then the servant's eyes were opened. And all of a sudden he looked to the, the hills and he saw horses and chariots of fire. He saw that those that were with us, as it were, God's forces were more than those who are against us. That actually there's so much more going on than he could perceive. That God was at work in such a way that he did not see, but in faith, his eyes were all of a sudden opened and realized that they were safe and secure, that God was doing things that they could never even imagine. There was far more going on than he could see. That's true for us too. I believe that. It's a statement of faith. It's not something I can uh, prove to you, 
But I believe that oftentimes we get to places in life where we're sort of looking around and we see our challenges, we see our obstacles, maybe we see the things that are stacked up against us. And what we don't see and what we sometimes fail to trust and what puts us in despair is that actually there's far more going on than we can see. That God is working even when we don't see him working. And that he is far more powerful than whatever we're coming up against. Isn't that incredible? What a reminder that we need day after day after day that whatever we face, he who is with us is far greater than whatever is against us, whatever we're struggling with and whatever we're going through. And just because we can't see a way forward, just because we don't know what the future is going to look like, just because we don't know what we're going to do does not mean that we need to despair because God is working. God is always working. It's been a song over the last little while that's become fairly popular, a worship song called Waymaker. And in it, uh, there is a a very similar um, phrase or sentence that says, even when I don't see it, he is working. Even when I don't feel it, he is working. He never stops working. God never stops working. And he's for you. He's for us. Reminds me of another verse in Romans 8, verse 28, that says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for, the, for those who are called according to his purpose. As we know, for those who love God, all things work together for good, and those who are called according to his purpose. She's so powerful. And I wonder, you know, as we head into challenging times like we, we did this past year, And we just get so focused on all the things that are going wrong. If we could be reminded over and over and over and over again that God is working. And even when we don't see it, there's so much more going on that we don't see than what we do see in the universe, in the world, in our lives. God is doing things that we could never imagine. And so we trust him. And today I encourage you to trust him with whatever it is that you might be facing and whatever you're going through. And my prayer for you is that your eyes might be opened and you might see a God who is surrounding you, powerfully loving you, a God who is for you and who is working in your life and in our world for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Amen. Amen. 